Cool. You can hear us okay anyway, Sean. You can't? I can, yeah. I can hear you now, yeah. Gotcha. Ah, now we all sounds 100%. Now. Ah, that's yeah. deadly. You wouldn't want to have BPD or anything, would you? See <laughs> 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 how you emotionally regulate this one, Sean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder is this a test just to see if I'm, am I going to lose my head? <laughs> <laughs> That's rage uh, quits and fuck something at the fucking, at the screen. We know he's free. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this is Straight Talking Mental Health. It's where we tackle everyday mental health issues. My name is Peter Dunn, and a psychotherapist sitting over there is... Alan Clark. There you go. Psycho, but a capital S. <laughs> P-S-Y-C-H-O. Little therapist. <laughs> yeah. Big psycho. Little therapist. <laughs> this week, we're talking borderline personality disorder, and we're going to chat to Sean Keyes about how he lives with it, and we want to hear his story as well. We got some big news as well to tell you later on. There's a few changes happening and mm-hmm. we're really, really excited about it. But before we go any further, everybody knows our goal here on Straight Talking Mental Health is to help as many people as possible. And we can't do it without you. So how can you help? That's a good question. Uh, you can follow us on social media on Twitter at STRA Talking Pod. Find us on Facebook, Instagram. You can click on stmhpodcast.com, our cool website. And you can share the pages and the podcast on your social media. And you can help us reach more people. And the more we can reach, the more we can help. And I've got a great example of that for you in a few minutes. But before we go any further, Mr. Clark, how's that back of yours? Uh, still getting poked and prodded. Still mm-hmm. getting my arse jabbed. And did you go and see the... Physio, the uh, just I was just going to ask you, did you go to the physio? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, did, I didn't get super kinky for Valentine's Day. Mm. <laughs> ah, well. Ah, was Special sure. occasions and all, you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> ah, well, no harm. Yeah. Actually, this sounds like Rick James' song. Super Rick kinky. James, bitch. <laughs> super freak. Super freak. She's super freaky. So um, I'll see what happens on my birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too, maybe too early to go for the first Valentine's Day, but <laughs> so I might, watch what I say. I don't know if people she knows listens to this now or family might start listening or something. <laughs> oh, sure, look. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Allen's girlfriend's mother. How are you? Yeah. Hope you're well. <laughs> you can always like and share us on Facebook along with yeah. the, the missing dogs in your area. <laughs> or the missing dogs in Singapore <laughs> that might show up in your back garden. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even met um, the woman yet, but uh, that'll be, that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah interesting. Google me, maybe. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, oh, come here, we got loads of correspondence we this week, which is just this amazing. Week, loads Absolutely this week. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, will we get into a few of these first? What do you think? Uh, I will get into them or get into you, whichever you want. Get into me. Hold on, it's well, not Valentine's Day anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, miss, I miss you, man. I miss you. you know, I'm fucking trying to, trying to slide in there. Well, have, have her check in or don't do the correspondence first? Or? Um. Actually, look, we'll, um, I'll tell you what, we'll get correspond- correspondence done first, right? Yeah, because, because there's a um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's a few of them here, and mm. we're just taking it back, wait, sorry, I'm eating the Jaffa I was just going to say, be fucking yeah. super professional there, then go, yeah, we can slam down out. I'm not professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, hold on for a second, you said it yourself, you don't want to be psychotherapist, Alan, well, I don't want to be Radio Peter, so stick up your arse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Um, so as I was saying yeah we got loads of correspondence this week which is just absolutely amazing Um, first up a big big shout to Phil who got in touch Uh, Phil's email was so big he attached it as a document 
<laughs> but I have to say it was uh, it was an amazing read. Um, Phil has been suffering from mental health difficulties since he was 14. Uh, when he was young, the family had moved from South Wales to the West Midlands, uh, couldn't click with his new teacher, started to drink after school. Before long, he was involved in drugs. He felt lost, suicidal, depressed. He was self-harming, anxiety, withdrawal and more. He felt his younger brother had more attention than he did. Um, that was confirmed in a few relationships, so he, you know he wasn't going mad. He uh, he ended up with a string of shit jobs, hit the drink hard, damaged his back in one stage, got laid off in 09 during the recession. I've been there, Phil. Um, he said he got up one summer's morning and drove to the garden store to buy a, a hose pipe. Now, for anybody who doesn't know, Phil wasn't planning on watering the grass or watering the flowers. He thought to himself, what the fuck? Give me a fucking break. Because he was told that to just hold the last one that morning. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he started seeing a counsellor. didn't really work out for him, but got some home help. And he was, uh, he was content with that. He says, I've got a good family. And they just do not see or understand, nor do I, to be honest. I'm a lucky person compared to a lot of other people. And the last thing I want to do is put a big negative on them. There's so much more to this than what I say in recently dealing with the loss of uh, my father. He said... I had an idea in my head of what to do to end a shit existence, even though I really didn't want to. But I couldn't see a way or even how to fix things myself. A friend sent me a link saying, try listening to this, mate. It might help. You guys have helped me survive a week as I'd made plans. But I'd found an anchor to this world through your podcast. And I'd hate to think the damage I was about to do to others. He said, all in all, you guys, your team are worth your weight in gold. I listened to your podcast yesterday while walking for four hours and then mountain biking for 10 miles, even when it snowed. He said, the fight is real and you guys are helping and I'm hoping to win. He said, there's no hierarchy in pain. It's all relative. People are stupid, but an individual can be smart. That's you, Mr. Clark. And (laughs) (laughs) there's always something positive to take away. Wow. Mm. Wow. That's amazing. When we look back on this podcast, you know, that'll be one of our proudest achievements, I think. Mm. You know, like when I thought we started this podcast, might be able to, you know, direct people to help, improve their mental health, a little educate them a bit. But I never, ever knew we'd be responsible for saving somebody's life. Yeah, it's big, man. Wow. They're big moments. And, you know, we were we were only talking there a few minutes ago about the importance of, of reaching as many people as we can so we can help. Like, another important factor in that, in saving Phil's life, was his friend who said, try listening to this, mate, it might help. Mm. Eight words. There you go. Try listening to this, mate, it might help. And yeah. I'm just, I'm completely blown away by that. And we are just absolutely honoured to help you, Phil. So thanks mm. very much for getting in touch. That just kind of, that left me in a bit of a daze for a half a day thinking, wow. Mm. You know, you you obviously you've done this before. You do it all the yeah, time. Yeah. But like, wow, that's incredible. It's big, it's big when you hear stuff like that, you know. Yeah, amazing. Mm. And this is why you know. Well, look, it's it's <laughs> it's not totally selfless, but this is why we always ask people to share. You know, like, comment. Mm-hmm. You know, give a retweet, stuff like that, uh, because that helps give us a bit more exposure. And that, as you said, and that gives us that bit more exposure. That means we can reach more people. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, we had one before with uh, the the mom who had um, 
contacted the the, the father of her kids. Oh yes, just yes. apologising and stuff like that. That was and, amazing. You know, after she heard kind of my experience of being a single dad and stuff mm. like that, and you know that for me was like you know if nothing else we've got that. If if yeah. nothing else. We've got Phil, you know, Phil mm. Phil's still walking around, thankfully, for four Absolutely. hours with man Phil, fair play to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The fucking shite weather, fair play. <laughs> but, um, you know, mm. there's, there's the impact it can have. You know, that's that's a retweet, that's a share. Um, that's eight words, yeah. That's, that's the go. difference it can make. Yeah. Because mm. yeah. Dalai Lama had a good one, actually, of... Um, he says something like, if you, if you think you're too small to make a difference, try sleeping with a mosquito in your room. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Mm. Wow. Um, so yeah. there's a, a retweet. That's it, yeah. What does that cost uh, you? Yeah. yeah. Point fucking four tenths of a second mm-hmm. <laughs> to, hit that, to hit that button. You, you know, know, I know that. we say it, you know, it could help somebody, but it genuinely... Mm could help somebody and it did help somebody yeah so that's yeah. and that's only what we're hearing back which is always great to hear about because we love to hear from people love yeah. to hear from your perspective you know uh, what you've been through and that as well and it, uh, it it's great to hear it is amazing it just it completely floored me now to be honest with you so uh thanks for getting in touch phil that's that's amazing you know to think that yeah. you know and like when you think of other examples the small things you would have done yourself or anybody listening to this would have done you, you you will never know the impact you've made you know the small little thing of oh there you go or what about yeah. this or have you tried this or I was talking to such and such wow like you know the small little things that can have big impacts on people's lives like you know mm-hmm. so that's uh, that's incredible uh, Mr. Clark more correspondence yeah um, sliding into the into the DMs on the Instagram mm-hmm. uh, we had a we had a message from Terry uh, this this one kind of hit me because uh, we forget about the we forget about the the younger listeners me one second while I just pull up the stats here for something mm-hmm. uh, of our age demographic and um, kind of forget about the, the younger listeners. Do we? Terry, well, we don't, but we kind of forget that there, there could be people this young listening. Mm. Um, uh, hence why our logo is very much like the explicit lyrics. Yes. <laughs> A warning sign. <laughs> um, so the message was, I've been listening to your podcast on Spotify for the past couple of days, and I just want to let you know how much your podcast has helped me and honestly made me feel so much better about the things I've struggled with. I'm 16 and I've struggled with my mental health since I was 14. And in the past, I've self-harmed, attempted suicide and struggled massively with anxiety and OCD habits. And your podcast has made me feel so much better and has made my feelings and thoughts make a lot more sense and encouraged and helped me to think in a different way. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. I don't like hearing fucking stuff like that, man. You know, I don't like hearing people that young. You know, I work with the teenagers. My master's mm. is in child and adolescent. I fucking hate that. Like, you know, I hate, I hate to think people that, that young going through stuff. Um, but is, is it not positive that people that young can recognise that they're having problems and are going to do something about oh, it? Oh, girl. As opposed to being 50 and going, God, yeah, like, yeah. if only I'd known this when I was younger, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, right, because I know I can say that for myself. Like, if only I'd, you know, mm-hmm. probably in a similar state at that age, and that's probably why it resonates so much with me. But, yeah, yeah. you know, you just, I fucking just don't like to see people maybe fall through the cracks and stuff like that, you know? Mm. And I think that's that's a lot. You know, people that go to CAMS, CAMS is Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services. <sighs> oh, 
fucking get me started on them mm. um, I very very rarely have heard from clients I've had one client recently who had a positive experience and she said herself that she was just lucky to um, she was just lucky to get a good therapist which which made all the difference mm. the majority of people that come to me that have gone through that experience is not good I had to ring a couple of times uh, in regards to an issue uh, before Christmas still haven't heard back from them okay yeah three phone calls wow yeah haven't got in touch no goodness uh, so I hope I hope um, I hope Terry is uh, I hope she's doing alright with herself yeah. but the podcast seems to be helping so so that's that's a good thing that's incredible um, yeah, yeah absolutely so 2% two, two of our age demographic on Spotify we don't get I don't think we get the stats from our hosting itself but through Spotify mm. listeners 2% is 0 to 17 18% 18 to 22 22 percent 23 to 30 27 25 percent 28 to 34 that's the biggest demographic um 22 percent 35 to 44 9 percent 45 to 99 and you're gonna love this one two percent mm-hmm. 60 to 150 yeah 150 year old <laughs> fucking Spotify. optimistic there Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> i'd love to chat to that ladder Jesus. one that's yeah, 150 yeah <laughs> get in touch <laughs> My God, um, yeah, very, very, very optimistic. Yeah. Um, Terry, well. thanks so much for getting in touch. Yeah, um, Dawn got in touch as well. She said, um, "Hey, just want to say thank you for your podcast. I've listened to a good few of your episodes, in which I've learned more than I realize. It was because of one of your episodes that I realized how easy it was to get therapy, and I've since had a few sessions. I must confess, I had to stop listening for a while as it was causing issues with my own mental health, and I was not listening to my own warning signs. Anyway, thank you for teaching me that I still have to heal, and for much more than that, you taught me. Good stuff too. Thanks for taking the time to put this podcast out there, Don. Thanks so much for getting in touch, Don. That's very much, Don. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing to hear that. And, you know, um, the therapy session we got, like that, or we did, that really opened my eyes as well about, you know, how easy it was to get therapy, but also how it mightn't actually work. Mm. It mightn't work the first time, mightn't work the Mm. second time, but, you know, you have to, you have to keep at it and find that person uh, who clicks with you. You know, you said it there yourself, uh, Phil's email said it as well. You know, he, he went to see a counsellor, but that was shit, you know. So yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't always work, but, you know, you, you have yeah. to find a person that's, that's right for you. And I'm, I thought, like, any counsellor would do, any psychotherapist mm. would do, but clearly not. So no, that's, there's some uh, fucking bad ones out there, man. Yeah, yeah, had yeah this, that's it. Had another one during the week of a client that had been to someone before that has... Other clients have actually mentioned a negative experience with this one particular person and... um this therapist and you know just to give this warning don't listen to a fucking psychotherapist or a counsellor telling you not to take your meds oh okay didn't yeah. think we're not I doctors think you'd be told what to do You're, no but you know. this 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 individual has told individuals to stop taking their meds um, you shouldn't be on them you, you know things like this um, okay. so let that be a warning sign to you if if, if you go to the therapist or counsellor and mm. th- th- we're, we're not qualified to make that now I would you know I'd get clients that would they might be on some medication and I might say something like yeah I've had a few clients that have had that experience with those or they mm. will ask me you know do you think I should do you think I should uh, stop taking my tablets I'd say no that's 
that's that's a that's a decision you need to make. Consult your doctor. A lot of newer antidepressants. Once you come off them, you're going to crash. You know you need to be tapered off. Okay. I'd always advise go back to your doctor. Don't listen to someone saying you shouldn't be taking them or stop mm-hmm. taking them. You're grand or anything like that. You know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there is bad therapists out there. Same as there's bad plumbers, bad electricians. So just just be just be cautious with that. And I'd always say to clients at the start of go look. Just if I don't feel a right fit for you. Just find someone else. Don't don't mm. let this put you off. Don't let this put you off therapy. Find something that 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 works for you. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. When when I think of bad therapists, I think of your man out of uh, the the Ricky Gervais thing. I on knew. Netflix. I knew exactly what you were yeah. going to say. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> well, afterlife, well, is it? Afterlife. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although although he was hilarious. You're, yeah. you're still wondering why is he going back to this therapist when he's yeah. clearly shit. You'll yeah, never get anything like that. I mean, <laughs> how, you know, like you want not wouldn't want. To. That's the guy I was in. He was Game of Thrones as well. No, I never watched it. Of course you didn't. No. As <laughs> <laughs> soon as that sentence came out of my mouth, I was like, that was a fucking yeah, waste. Fucking yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that, that was hilarious. The, um, yeah. the afterlife. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's a good. Yeah, so just, just be cautious. Just be cautious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And know that you can, well, not that it's worth a fuck, but you can report them to the regulatory body that they might be um, a, a member of. Mm-hmm. So just, just, just have that information for people. Yeah, good to know. Mm. Uh, you've got another one there, Alan. Do you do? Uh, we're going to your one first because uh, the one I'm going to get into is going to slide into my royals. So. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me see. Da, 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 da. We got um, correspondence from Heidi as well. Hello to Heidi, who said that uh, on my recommendation, she bought a Joe Wicks book. No, there you go. <laughs> you need to put Heidi. an affiliate link or something in the fucking uh, on I, the podcast. Get you paid. I know. I need to get commission, Joe. Come yeah. on, lad. President Cough of the Joe up. Wicks fan club. <laughs> uh, no, I I like Joe Wicks, and I'm going to be honest with you, but you do. but what what I do like about him is I like his personality, and ah. you can you can cock up as a personality if you're faking it. Mm. But I, I've never seen him. I never seen a side to this guy or anything like that, or when he's talking mm, mm. that you'd, you'd think to yourself, this guy's a fraud. He's not. Like he, he is what he is. He does what he does. He seems like a genuine person, and I followed his recipes. I followed his workouts, and I uh, lost a, a shitload of weight, and I felt much healthier for it, and educated myself in nutrition via it. So it was, it was an amazing experience for me. Might work mm. for everybody, but mm-hmm. I, I thought he was excellent. So uh, if anybody wants to lose weight, check it out. Definitely, or even just some, some cool recipes. Check it out. Yeah. Good, healthy Ivan. recipes. Just tell him um, Peter. Peter sent you. <laughs> yeah, he knows me. He knows me. He knows you. Ah, come on, Pete. <laughs> I'm also known as um, Case 41773 <laughs> yeah. in the courts, you know. <laughs> Joe might know him as uh, he who constantly violates uh, barring orders and uh, Terms and conditions, We'd love you to come on the podcast, Joe. It'd be great to hear from you. Yeah, um, didn't didn't Montagnon when you asked him? No, he was busy. No. Yeah. Um, what was it? His agent said something like, uh, oh, he's busy starting his own podcast or something like that. Like, All right, well, come on, I talk about the podcast and I'm happy yeah. out. Basically, um, fuck off, small timers. Yeah. <laughs> well, lucky, you know, I, I've, I've experienced dealing with PR people. Yeah, and it can be yeah. a pain in the face because yeah, unless yeah. you're uh, on a, a big TV schedule or you're on a, a prime time show or whatever, uh, they don't want to know about you, which is shocking. But they, yeah. they just don't want to know about you. You know what I mean? Uh, like, I here's a rile for you. I wasn't planning on getting into this, but I was talking yeah. to somebody who was uh, uh, an artist 
uh, as in a singer in Ireland mm. and I was talking to her personally and she said yeah yeah I'd love to come on and do an interview blah 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 uh, you're just going to have to run it past my PR I said, yeah no problem there's her email no no she's a bit busy now lately she's doing a lot of recording in the recording studio like fuck off fuck <laughs> off so there you go that's a royal <laughs> oh yeah I wasn't planning on royals yet but there yeah, you go sorry. yeah um, speaking of royals you have um, you have correspondence do you have another one to get into first? Sagan into a right. No, I don't think so. I think that's it. No. All right. We had a, we had an email from Nigel. Uh, thanks very much, Nigel. Hi, lads. I recently discovered a podcast. I want to commend you both on excellent production. I love the content and the humour in which it is delivered. I can, I can resonate with the topics. In 2017, I had a mental breakdown. My life was thrown into turmoil. I became suicidal and ruminated about taking my life. I had to deal with a lot of adversity, including redundancy. Same as Phil earlier on. Mm-hmm. Uh, burnout. And then our fourth, our fourth out of five miscarriages. That's something that doesn't get talked about a lot. Yeah, you're right. The, the impact of miscarriages on, on, on men. Yeah. yeah, mm, yeah something yeah, we yeah. can come back to. Yeah. I thought I could handle these events by being a man. Yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. I'm burying my emotions and trying to be strong for my wife. I used a beach ball analogy to describe what happened to me. It's like pushing a beach ball under the water and when you let it go, it shoots up above the water with incredible force. That's a brilliant analogy. Yeah, yeah. I'd often use that one. My life descended into crisis and my family couldn't cope with the constant threat of me planning a way out of my misery. I was hospitalised and spent over three months in a psychiatric ward in Tala Hospital. Jesus. I reached out for help, but this was only the beginning of my nightmare. I was basically incarcerated and put on every combination of meds to combat my depression. I was not offered any talk therapy and this enforced my belief that I would never become well. The resources in hospital were abysmal. I think there were four classes per week that service users could attend. A cookery class, a music therapy and yoga. The rest of the time was spent gazing out of a window and family visits. It was hell for me in my mind which was locked in negativity and hopelessness. I felt I was being punished and was offered little in the way of compassion or empathy. I really want to highlight the lack of resources and archaic services the HSE provide. I don't blame the staff, but the hierarchy and the government for the ineffective regime that persists in Ireland. Which 100% there, Nigel. Luckily, I survived my hell in Tala, and on this chart set about rebuilding my life. I sought the services of an excellent psychotherapist who helped me process and recover from my mental anguish. I am now in a much better place, and I'm so grateful to be able to live a full and prosperous life. I'm working away, happily married, and blessed to have a beautiful baby daughter yeah. crying while typing this. Oh, wow. Thank mm. Jeez, you're going to be reading the fields of that yeah one, right? me too yeah. I think. Uh, <laughs> at, at that line you just yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> punch me in the chest cheers Nigel yeah. <laughs> yeah. her name is Indy and she has oh, rejuvenated our lives I now devote my life to my family and to wellness as a whole I meditate yoga mountain biking which is my passion abstain from alcohol eat healthy and have a gratitude for life I still struggle with an anxious mind but I don't allow the thoughts to influence me negatively I accept them I challenge them and I let them go I have been on a roller coaster, but I have hope now. I believe in human connection and have an abundance of empathy. I'm not one for putting myself out there, but listening to your show inspired me to get in touch. If I can give one person hope, I will be happy and fulfilled. I feel now life is about choices. As William Glasser said, we always have a choice. This is my mantra for life. Thanks, lads. Keep up the great work. Love the show. Nigel. Ah, it's amazing. Big fucking messages this week, man. Yeah. Ah, Mm. that's... That's incredible. Uh, oh, Nigel, thanks so much for getting in touch. That was just, mm, mm. Uh, it was amazing to hear, you know. Uh, that was incredible. Um, but what really got me, you know, as you were saying earlier, 
miscarriages aren't really it's never really something that people talk about you know mm. or mm. you know the death of a baby um, and it can't like I can only imagine the, the impact that has on on parents or parents to be mm. you know like that's just Jesus that's that's huge but you go through did he say five of them was it uh, burnout and our fourth of five Four miscarriages five. Jesus that, that that's a big one you know not not yeah. just for men as but for for women as course, well yeah, in terms yeah. of you know I've had a few clients over the years and you know the anniversary of a miscarriage yeah. and no one remembers us no one's like ah sure you yeah know, you know kind of dismissed as sure we've all had them or everyone everyone goes through that at some point or, yeah yeah and then uh, yeah 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 crazy jesus like yeah no we will we'll we'll cover that in a bit more depth or right, yeah at yeah. some stage but um you know what what got me there was you know um nigel was talking about his his baby daughter like Indeed. do you do you do you re, do you remember the first time you held your eldest yeah yeah you know yeah. what was that like <laughs> yeah it's it's an overwhelming experience isn't it oh stop like uh, <laughs> just thinking about it there like i remember um uh we were in the the labour suite, as they call it. <laughs> 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 Nothing sweet about it. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, I remember like it, there was a, there was a little bit of a complication when uh, when when Quiva was born, but um, not the major, thankfully. Mm. But uh, as a result, there was a doctor and like six nurses in there at the time, and we kind of didn't know what was happening and. You know, and when she came out and, you know, she was wiped down and weighed and everything and handed over to us and everything was okay. And I remember the doctor, I remember being so grateful to everybody around us going, Jesus, like, you are fucking amazing people. Mm, but mm. I remember just looking at Quiva. And I remember, I'm well enough now, but I remember, um, I remember just the doctor kind of, you know, taking off the gloves and washing his hands, going, right, okay, well, look, we'll let you clear up here and... He said um, to us, he said, uh, congratulations on your, your baby girl. And <laughs> I wanted to say to him, I wanted to shake his hand and give him a hug and go, thank you very much. But I knew if I opened my mouth, I'd go. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, best off not to. And just, uh, do you know what I did? I gave him a thumbs up and a wave. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, go man, fair play. Cheers, Rathal, go man. He walks away going, what an ungrateful prick. Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up for that. You're fucking welcome, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, oh, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And uh, it's unreal. Like, you cannot explain what what uh, what impact kids will have on you, you know. Mm, mm. Mm, incredible. But uh, delighted here. Nigel is doing well. Yeah, he's thankfully he's got to experience that. that yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But look, if you'd like to get in touch, we'd always love to hear from you. Um, I'd say it's a great release as well to just put the words down on an email yeah, or put the words yeah. down on a, a piece of paper and get it out of your system. Even kind of read back over it and go, mm. look, you know. But, uh, you know, please do get in touch. Hello at stmhpodcast.com uh, or you can find us on Twitter at STRA Talking Pod. Get us on Facebook and Instagram as well. And uh, of course, we'd love to, we'd love to, love to hear from you. Um, you've time. got a rile, dude. Go for it. Yeah, Nigel Nigel led me into it there with the HSE. I got an email from the IASEP, which is the Irish Association of Counselors and Psychotherapists, of which I am a accredited member, of which it's basically worth fuck all to me. It cost me 300 euros a year. Um, 
So I got an email and in the email says uh, you can now register for uh, your vaccine with the HSE as a, as a healthcare worker kind of thing. And in it it said, oh, we understand a lot of members have had some difficulty uh, registering. Please understand that's nothing to do with us. It's a HSE run um, website. So I was like, oh, I'll fucking I'll, uh, sign up for my vaccine, get get registered. I've mm-hmm. worked throughout, uh, you know, and uh, fuck me, man. What a fucking, I don't even know what to call it. But I was just like, yeah, that's just the HSE summed up there perfectly. A fucking, such a dilemma to try and register, put in your details your password oh, it has to be 10 characters has to have this has to have that have to have this have to have that I'm like mm. Jesus Christ so oh, I hate ev- that shit eventually I was like 10 fucking characters the one I have is 8 the one I normally use is 8 so I was like right what am I going to do and I was like and I know full well putting in the password that I was like I'm never going to remember this and I'm going to have to click I forgot <laughs> yeah. my password that's um, a revenue website yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I finally got that I finally come up with something and then it's put in your phone number. I was like, okay, put in my phone number. No, it has to be 353 format. All right, okay, 353, drop to zero, 86, da, 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 da. No, that didn't work. All right, maybe it's 353 and you have to keep in the zero. Okay, 353, 086, no, no. And I'm saying to Ashley, I was like, what the fuck? What am I doing wrong here? Like, what? what's that? Like, I don't know. So I eventually figured it out that it was 353 space 86 space. Oh, and then you have to put in the rest of your number. I'm like, talk about making things so fucking complicated. What a joke. Yeah, and so there's, you have to click, so then you you do a page, next, next bit, next, next, mm-hmm. next, put in your area. What what area? What, what are we referring to here? If you don't know your area, put type this in. Okay, I'll type that in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, good Jesus Christ. Yeah, so fuck it, I'll do whatever the vaccine. Be grand. I was like, I was getting to that point. <laughs> I was getting to that point. And I was like, so I eventually got it. It took me about a fucking half an hour. And mm. obviously from reports from the ASAP, everyone else is having the same problem. And then I had my own therapy during the week and had the same conversation with my own therapist. He goes, I, I, I just fucking stopped. I just, I couldn't. <laughs> I was getting, I was getting too frustrated. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that it's just how can we make things as complicated as possible? Like, mm. yeah, yeah. Let's add let's simple add contact form, name, address, that, yeah. job, practice, address. Da, 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 da. Mm. So that's that's me. Uh, that's that that's me, royal. That's and your royal. What's your smile? I'm um, conscious of time here. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be alright. I told I've told our bit of news that we'll be we'll be a little bit late. Our bit of news. There you go. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to the bit of news um, soon. I was proper real before I come on. Two things today, and this under the same thing. You ever? Uh, I put it to you. You ever ask someone to do you a favor and to do you a favor, but to do it all fucking wrong, and you can't really say anything. Oh yeah, yeah. Do yeah. a favor. Oh, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> I've had I had two of them today two separate ones and I was like I can't fucking I can't say anything because they were done as favours kind mm. of thing and it's like but it's just now it's just made ultimately a load more work for me that's a, that's probably a dig at me go on <laughs> what is no Wait, what I'm you do you, <laughs> not that you know yet <laughs> oh, right. I forgot our password again <laughs> did you no money joke <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me no not you but that that one we asked him to do a favour mm-hmm and yeah. do it all arseways yeah. and you can do fuck all about it it probably cost you twice the amount of work well it's, and it's going to cost me more money 
and it's going to cost me more work and I was like should have fucking just done nothing should have just <laughs> left it so uh, yeah so they're they're, they're, they're they're me royals anyway cool give me a smile uh, me smile uh, <laughs> I forgot to mention this a few weeks ago uh, I stopped watching Two Broke Girls oh yeah, yeah I, yeah. I, I think that was inevitable it. yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I stopped but I started watching The Last Man on Earth have you ever seen that yeah very good does, does what it says on the tin like mm-hmm. ourselves but it made me realise uh, Kristen Schaal is in it um, she is the voice of Louise in Bob's Burgers you know like oh Bob's yeah, Bob's yeah. Burger, don't you? yeah 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 she was also in Flight of the Concord she's done voices in Archer uh, and I was like anything she turns up in is a good fucking comedy I, th- I think she was in 30 Rock as well I think she did mm. a bit on 30 Rock as well um, so I think for comedy I'm just going to go and look with oh what's Kristen Schaal in because <laughs> last last man on earth is good out crack. Good yeah, stuff. So I started I've watching been... Superstore. Did you watch that on Netflix? I seen the advert. I haven't watched it. I, it's good. I, I'd say you'd like it. It's, it's American, but it's uh, it's it's great sense of humor. You yeah, know, not that yeah. Americans don't have good sense of humor. Of course you have, but it's uh, sometimes you can find they have a different sense of humor. Yeah, but it, it, <laughs> it's it, a very it's, different sense. Of it, humor. It's a kind of a darker sense of humor, which me and you would get. You know, yeah. and you're you're not going to take offense to it. But uh, yeah. no, it's good. It's just about a supermarket and the goings on there. You won? Is it uh, America Ferrera? Ferrera, yeah. She's in it. Seen her yeah. and uh, yeah, Betty. It's good. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely give it a bash. It's like it's one of those series of twenty three episodes long or something like that. Yeah, so, good know, old Americans are great. Yeah. They give you a load in the season. <laughs> but Netflix <laughs> like, mostly just bought it up at once because there's a shitload. It's like five seasons so far. So oh, well. it's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's pretty. Unlike good. unlike Seinfeld, uh, Seinfeld for its first season had four. No way. <laughs> they f- they gave them money to do a pilot, and they were like, "Yeah, we don't know if this will kind of take off." Mm. Uh, we give you four episodes. And then they got 13 in the second season. Yeah. And then they started and then they were getting their, their 22. But I was watching, I've been watching that again on Amazon Prime. Seinfeld is great. Yeah. Seinfeld loved it. Guess yeah. what? It's gone off fucking Amazon Prime. Ah, <laughs> that's a load of balls, isn't it? I fucking hate when that happens. No, yeah. It's still, it's still, like, still accessible elsewhere. But uh, yeah, so mm. <laughs> I was in the middle of watching that again. Uh, yeah, I love, love Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, no, that's brilliant. Larry, Larry David is my spirit animal. Larry David and then Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm. He is just. He's, yeah, yeah. he's who I look at. He's who I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> Any more smiles? Uh, I don't know if we call it a smile, but we briefly touched on a little bit last night when we were having a chat. The Great Hunger. Oh, yes. Fantastic oh, yeah. documentary on RTE around the famine, uh, narrated by Liam Neeson. Mm hmm. That's uh, fucking powerful stuff, man. Yeah, I have to watch that. It's it's yeah, on the it's on the box, ready to be watched. A, yeah, yeah, but um, it just made me realise, and we we touched on it last night, like of you know we are the result of that. Our our well, great grandparents, probably great grandparents, mm-hmm. lived lived through it, like yeah, lived through the famine. I'd I'd love to know how my family got through it, where the war, what you know, mm-hmm. what impact it had on them, and. Some people call it genocide. The British failed to failed to help out. We were a British colony at the time, and um, but it was fascinating, fascinating, huge part of uh, Irish history. For anyone who doesn't know, million people died of starvation. Two million emigrated. Um, just a fascinating side of uh, Irish history. I'd love mm-hmm. to definitely love to try and look at and doing an episode of the podcast around that and. 
yeah, the legacy definitely. of that, as, as we spoke last week about the generational trauma. Yeah, what it does to mm. what what it does to you without you even noticing. Yeah, what it does to you, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, like even like potatoes are still a massive part of our our diet. Is it because mm. that? It would again. It was kind of passed on to us. Like this is this is a good dinner. Get it into you. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, we'll definitely do something on that soon. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, What's going on with you, man? Uh, well, my smile is Phil's email. As I was saying to you, that's mm. it's it's just amazing. You know, to know just just two half it's sitting here talking shite, and <laughs> you know we're we're doing a little bit of good. We're doing. Something good. We're not mm. completely wasting our time, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. no, it, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So uh, that that really made me smile. You know, that it inspires you to do more, doesn't it? Because you know, at times you might get disheartened, or you know, we, we be kind of getting frustrated. Like, Jesus, why? You know, how do we get these numbers up? What What are we doing mm-hmm. here? You know. Uh, and then something like that is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's enough. That's yeah. enough. <laughs> Brilliant. That's yeah. that's incredible. Um, and funny, you know, I don't know what was I saying to this to you before. I can't remember, but um, uh, <laughs> obviously when we were gigging, my rap name was PDMC. My name mm-hmm. was Peter. I was an MC. Very simple. Except <laughs> I, I keep getting beats off a producer because oh, yeah, there's another yeah, so. guy called PDMC somewhere. He's an American rapper. <laughs> Much better one than I ever was. But uh, I got a shitload of beats there the other day from this guy who thinks oh, yeah. I'm another guy. So uh, <laughs> yeah. No, they're not they're, they're, kind of, they're not our they're not our hip hop, you know. Yeah, what I mean? They're more right, like, yeah, you know, yeah. boom. Well, we're boom boom. You know, that that was us, you know, the boom bap. While this is more like I was just going to say that ain't the boom bap he's sending you. Nah, that's not. No, it's not boom bap. No, I, I more trap I, style. I blatantly steal that. <laughs> New podcast music this week. Here we go. <laughs> See, Fionn. Sorry, I was just going to say, so long, Fionn. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for the uh, first almost 40 episodes. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's fun. I can I, I better email him and tell him I'm not him, but I just, you know, he might send me some cool beats in the future. <laughs> I'm still hoping for that one. <laughs> that one that's going to make me a millionaire yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know I'm, yeah I must tell him I'm not him but look if you want me to drop 16 bars on it you know hello hot 16, hello yeah. who's there <laughs> um, but uh, yeah my royal this week you know what my royal is this week go on you know what it is is it me no <laughs> like every week or <laughs> I actually did get done for fucking speeding I know I bastard know. <laughs> yeah, got the fucking letter in the, the post and yeah I sent you the picture of it yeah I was like bollocks kind of put we, the picture I sent to you to shame <laughs> I was like oh here's my picture I'm listening to that's effects after we spoke about it last week B. <laughs> yeah. not the fucking not the picture you sent back to me the picture no. you sent back to me was a speeding fine <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so there you go I was kind of hoping that I uh, I, uh, I wouldn't get done but there you go did you keep you waiting did they uh, no they didn't which is grand which is grand yeah. I don't mind that because I would have yeah. spent the money otherwise but uh, no, I kind of I've kind of become philosophical about it now, you know. I'm going okay. Well, look, let let it be a lesson to me, yeah. and uh, let me make sure that anytime I'm on the road, I have to try extra hard to be on the lookout for speed vans. Ah, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no. But it does, it does. It kind of makes me a bit more conscious because I don't want that shit. Yeah. I don't want 
I don't want to have to spend the 80 quid on yeah, yeah three years worth of three mind penalty the, points the, the, the fine, you could live with the fine but then fucking three penalty points and you have to be so careful then I know but then your insurance yeah. goes up for the next three years and you have to ring them and say I'm going to go for speeding yeah, Balls, yeah. you know, but anyways, yeah, exceeding no, uh, the now, when, when exceeding I say the speed, speed limit sounds a little bit better. <laughs> when, when I say speeding, yeah, like I was yeah. doing sixty in a fifty zone, and I wouldn't mind. I was driving to work there the other day, and I was going from fifty to sixty, fifty to sixty. God, I don't even notice this. <laughs> I don't even like. This. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I kind of, get that. You get the new car with the cruise control. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love cruise control. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah that's for me. My car has the speed has the sensor then as well, so it flashes the when it reads the speeds a uh, speed limit sign. Oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It has yeah. it open because you can always look and it's like because a few times like that, I was like, what is this? What fucking? Oh, I know. I never like, remember. Right. Yeah. Fifty. Oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I, it, it, on a positive side, I got an email the other day to say that um, I've been reimbursed uh, for something I didn't think I'd be reimbursed for. So that's going to pay my fine. <laughs> so when God get the air closes the door, to, he opens the window. To, to console yourself or you were, uh, were going to make it rain put them put them toward the new air Jordans yeah you could console yourself I mean, yeah I could couldn't I I could and they could be a constant reminder to slow down <laughs> you know <laughs> just make sure they're not too heavy on the throttle <laughs> yeah no that, yeah no, I will I'll, I will I'll get them at some stage I'll get them at some stage it's hard to get fucking sizes in anything now yeah. like online orders are going to shit between Brexit and yeah. COVID yeah gone yeah. to shit yeah. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, another royal. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I love turkey burgers. Did you ever eat turkey burgers? I did. Surprisingly tasty turkey burgers. Yeah, they they're delicious. Uh, they're like yeah. nearly like sausages or something, but in a big juicy burger. <laughs> but and they're very good yeah. for you. Very lean meat. Yeah. you know they're yeah, they're excellent yeah. for you. But um, I'm, I'm wondering how it leads into a royal. I was uh, I was eating me dinner the other day, and I was eating like potatoes and broccoli and this big lovely turkey burger, and. I always eat my favourite part of the meal last. You know, I'll get you everything else. Enjoy the best bit last. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was uh, was eating me broccoli. Yeah, 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 not mad about it, but I'll eat it. You know, yeah. eating potatoes. Yeah, a little bit better, you know. <laughs> and I was about to dig into the turkey burger. And Cormac, my two-year-old, sitting beside me, goes, Daddy, I want some <laughs> burger. Like, ah, no, no, come on, you eat your pasta. There you go, man. Because they get fed in the preschool and he was in crash. yeah yeah so yeah. we'll sit down and have our dinner and we'll give them their tea so they'll yeah. have something smaller because they're not that hungry yeah. except I want burgers and no 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 <laughs> come on you're grand you're alright you're alright so uh, of course he pestered me he's like a drunk in the chippers at four in the morning he's leaning on my shoulder half of my body is just covered in pasta and cheese and he go daddy I want some and he'd maul at me like ah get off me god right okay come here I was destroyed I'll cut you a little bit okay so I cut him a kind of a slitter of the burger and I put it to one side of the plate and said there you go what did he do he whipped the other half of the burger, oh, the big burger, oh, no, shoved it into the goblet. Don't go. Left me with the little slither of a fucking burger. That'll teach you to be more generous. I was looking forward to this. For the whole day, I was thinking, oh, lovely, a turkey burger in the oven, bang, oh, delicious. <laughs> fucking wallop the hole straight into the gob. Thank <laughs> oh, for fuck. Do you know what it reminded me of, actually? Do you remember the start of uh, the Jetsons? Mm. Meet George Jetson. 
his, his boy wife. Elroy. Yeah, and yeah. do you remember the bit where the wife looks for money to go shopping and he whips out like twenty dollars? Except she, she takes, takes the wallet. Them. Oh no, it's the daughter, isn't it? The daughter. The, yeah, is it yeah, yeah, daughter? The money yeah, there you yeah. go. That was that was like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So there, that's my royal for this week. <laughs> now, so as I was saying to you earlier, we got some big news this week, and we're delighted to tell you that the team is changing here on Straight Talking. What are we? Straight Talking Mental Health Podcast. <laughs> Jeez, uh, <laughs> that's my changing that much. Just keeping the same name. Here. <laughs> <laughs> we're very, very excited to uh, have Emer O'Leary joining us. Emer. <laughs> Very excited too. <laughs> for, for anyone that doesn't know Emer, Emer went mental on the Mary Jane. Yeah. That's our that's our kind of fucking person. That's our kind of person. Yeah, that's oh, the geez. kind of person we want to knock a bit of crack out. Exactly. Emer was on the cannabis and juice psychosis. She went a bit mad on the Mary Jane and Yeah. Like, <laughs> Had to be sound, put away like for a while. In, yeah, you fit in perfectly with us. Uh, yeah, no, I'm delighted. I'm thrilled to be a part of the team. Delighted. Emer, you're going to be our, our social media maestro and yeah. uh, we're going to hear from you as well. We want you on the team. We want you talking. We want your opinions. We want your topics. And uh, it'd be great, as we were saying before, to get a, a female perspective because we often talk when we started this podcast that we're going to be like men's mental health and, you know, male topics on how does this affect men. But we found that a lot of our listeners were women. A lot of women getting in touch. So we thought, OK, well, look, you know, we... We need to do a bit of both. Simple as that. Yeah, definitely. So. The female voice is very important, lads. You can't forget the female voice. Especially from well, Cork. Well, I tell you, Eamor, your yeah, female exactly. voice is very fucking loud. <laughs> Am I very loud on Jesus? You'll make up for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make up for it, exactly. I, I, just, I just wasn't. As much as I was bringing, I just couldn't bring enough estrogen. <laughs> you needed, needed a bit more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll oh. start cycling at the same time and everything now, Eamor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. But come here, do you know what I was going to ask you? Do you know when when I'm on next week? Can I do the the smiles and rails as well? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that'd be good. Episode, I think that'd be yeah. good. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah. what are we going to talk about next week, Emer? We're going to talk about. Oh, so I think we're going to talk about how difficult it is to be single during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But we're going, yeah, Jesus Christ, we all know about it. Like, but we're going to like focus, I think, on the dating apps, especially, and just how I know they can be great crack, but they can also be like really overwhelming and shitty as well. Like, so mm-hmm. really I'm really forward. excited about it. I really am. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, look. We're looking forward to it, and I'm sure the listeners are looking forward to getting to know you, Emer. And in yeah. the meantime, if you want to listen back to Emer's episode, um, it's a few episodes ago, it's called Cannabis and Juice Psychosis. Emer, you had just a, an amazing story, and uh, you, you told it so well. And, you know, I, I still have the visuals from you telling the story. You know, really? Being in, the, well, in the train station, you know, the journey with your dad, and, you know, yeah. uh, spending time up north and all that. Like, it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it amazing was mad, story to hear. Lads. Absolutely. It amazing. really was. But uh, yeah, definitely. It was you definitely one of my favourite. <laughs> yeah, the good kind of mad. The kind of mad you can laugh about. Yeah. <laughs> we need to have a laugh. Like, fuck it. You know, yeah, I mean? if yeah. you don't laugh, you'll cry. It's fuck not all about reason. being miserable. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so just just let everyone know uh, in terms of how Emer will be on the team. So the first episode of every month, Emer will be coming in with, with her topic. Um and she'll be on for the entire episode and we'll be chatting about whatever she comes up with mm-hmm. uh, whatever that may be mm-hmm. we, we'll jump on and we'll we'll try and knock a bit of crack out of it and it'll be interesting yeah Emer at yeah. the wheel 
There you yeah. Go. yeah, and fire us over like suggestions through the social media platforms as well and stuff. Absolutely, so, yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. If here. there's anything like that you think would be good from a female perspective, um, throw it over to, the, to us. DM us on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and we can look into it from there. So, mm-hmm. absolutely, you get all yeah. the men sliding into the DMs now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> no, keep away. I've enough. I've enough to deal with now. Fucking Tinder and the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh. well look we're, we're really looking forward to hearing all about it next week Emer. so uh, yeah. thank you very much no bother at all welcome guys. to I'm the delighted. team yeah, yeah thrilled to be a part of it yeah this week we're talking borderline personality disorder and who best to talk to us about it than Sean Keyes Sean you're very welcome to the podcast thanks very much thanks very much for uh, inv- uh, letting me in no problem at all. Sean, I want to talk to you about, you know, living with borderline personality disorder, you know, what it is to you, etc. But I want to start where it's always good to start at the beginning. Yeah. So tell us, yeah. when did you start to notice that, you know, there might be something wrong or there might be something a little bit different? Oh, um, I always felt different. As a child, I felt different. Um, I was a very unusual child, um, very deep minded, very... Uh, I was always inquisitive, but there was an awful sensitivity to me. I would have been a hypersensitive child, you know. Um, in what way? In what way? Um, well, I had a fear of abandonment, which is one of the traits of BPD. Mm-hmm. So it's one of the classic things that I can remember as a child. When my mother was leaving to go to work, I thought she was never coming back. And I couldn't wrap my head around it. Mm-hmm. And I was convinced that was the last time I was going to see her. <laughs> And I had to be held down <laughs> as a kid, like, mm. um, you're talking six, seven years of age, five, six, seven. So that's one of the prominent memories of me as a child. Um, I was hypersent. I couldn't get it into my head that she was coming home. Yeah. To me, it was the last time I was going to see her. Uh, it, it, I can laugh now, I'm 43 soon, but as a kid, that was very, very frightening. Yeah. Looking back now, do you think you always had BPD? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I always had BPD. Mm-hmm. I think you're, I think, you know, it's, it's a psychological thing. So it's, it's, you know, it's a DSM, yeah. DSM job, I suppose, right? Uh, you know, you can't label a kid with BPD, but I was always hypersensitive. Mm-hmm. I was born hypersensitive. I'm one out of eight children. And we came from a, a very traumatic background, simple as. Um, I'm the only one with BPD, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Eight, what's that, 12%? Um, yeah. Yeah, kids, like, oh, the only one, like, you know, and we all got our fair share of uh, the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate yeah. that a little bit, Sean, for, mm. for people around the world that don't know what <laughs> a uh, child yeah, in we, the 80s yeah, in Ireland yeah, would have yeah, meant. Yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah, we, we all got our fair share of the whip, I suppose, it's one for mm. a better word, yeah. Mm. But you, you sort of hit the key, hit the key word there, uh, Sean, in what's usually associated with, with uh, BPD is childhood trauma. So whether oh, that's oh, yeah, yeah, physical yeah. abuse, sexual abuse, uh, severe neglect, stuff like that, mm, it's mm. Um, also kind of heavily associated with a disorganized attachment. So what mm. Sean would have spoke about there of that feeling that your mother would never come back. That would be the the, the anxious attachment style for, okay. for a child. Oh. Um, BPD is 
it's kind of very complex in that it's a bit of an anxious attachment and it's also a bit of an avoidant attachment. Um, so you're kind of a little bit all over the place in terms yeah, of yeah, yeah. your connection to attachment figures or uh, romantic relationships and, and stuff like that. So you're kind of acknowledging yourself, Sean, some, some obviously some traumatic experiences in, in, in childhood. Which oh, yeah. My childhood was extremely traumatic. To be honest with you, it was... Uh, Absolutely. I mean, I will. I often, I often reference. I, I would have preferred to be a Jew in the time of Hitler than than uh, my childhood. Uh, mm. in, at least the Nazis, it wasn't personal, you know. Um, yeah, like it was just that simple. It really was mm. a traumatic childhood. It was yeah. uh, there was every form of violence you could possibly think of. And this is violence from caregivers, Sean. Oh yeah, my father. My father was an absolute. Um, he absolutely hated me as a child. He really did, and he sawed it into me. Like um, he took this vengeance against me. Like, and it's not like we're, you know, I'm a parent now, and and of course I don't know if you have kids, but you're a parent, mm-hmm. and you're like, fucking Jesus, I'd love to kill you when you're smacking <laughs> your head, and you're like, oh, you're gonna fucking get it this time, and then you know you calm yourself down or whatever, but. Unfortunately, and I say unfortunate, like I'm deliberate to say unfortunate with my father. He's he's dead now, fifteen years. But he deliberately tried to hurt. It wasn't. It was malice in the sound. It was malicious. Well, completely, there was malice. It was evil. In fairness, evil, yeah. and I use the word evil because of the fact that it was intended. Um, <clears throat> he he deliberately would wait for me to come home, and you know he he. he He'd give my younger brother chocolate in front of my face, but wait for me to do it and give it to him. And yeah, it was it, he. He was a very, very evil man. If I'm being honest, you know. Yeah. To be honest, mm. you know, I don't like saying it, but at the same time, yeah. these are facts, you know. Um, where, where were you in the in the birth order, Sean? Where, where? Seventh, yeah, seventh down. Yeah, pretty sure I was going to be the last, but there's one more there. I'm all right now. I'm all right. <laughs> is, is there any, and you know, you know, please feel free, you know, you don't need to answer mm. if you're not comfortable with it. Any one particular incident in, that comes to mind as uh, particularly, as I said, that traumatic um, for you? Standout Jesus, anything that, any one incident that comes to mind. Um, I suppose, I, you know, I opened the door to him when I was about 15 or 16. He spat straight into my face and told me he hated me. Um, he just came in from the pub and I was like that's just fucking random mm. <laughs> I don't it's not laughable in a sense of it. it's not one bit funny but mm. like in even like this is about 20 odd years ago 27 years ago I still can't grasp my head around it because we weren't talking as in mm. like he was in the pub so he came, so he would have been out enjoying himself Mm-hmm. The minute he came near the house, he just got the cat's hairs on the back of his neck. But like he just, yeah, I opened the door and he spat in my face and said, "I hate you." I was like, "That's just fucking random." Like yeah. you were out all night. What? What? What, what happened? Mm. <laughs> you know the type of way. That's one incident. Um, I won the sports day of this kid's school and and uh, he broke the trophy. Um. When I when I won the sports they just broke the trophy and called me a useless bastard. Um Jesus. when I done karate and came second in All Ireland, he, he mocked me until I gave up karate, dragged me out of a bed 
drunken at night and beat the shit out of me because there was a spoon left on the sink. Um, mm. What else? Like, he was just... There was no end. Like, he would... He would deliberately go out to hurt you, which I find weird. Because mm. it's mm. not like your child is doing your fucking head and you're like, fucking Jesus, I give it to you. And that's an incident. It's like yeah, yeah. Mm. pressure. True. Mm. He actually had intent with it. He had intent, which mm. which I still find weird, if I'm being honest. Yeah. You know, I do. I find that I find it odd. I find it odd. Looking back now, when you're, um, you know, you, you've obviously done your, you, you know, you've been through counselling, have you, or you've done your own research? I have, and, yeah. You know, I've done four years in counselling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking, looking back at, on your dad's situation now, do you think he suffered with anything in particular? Oh yeah, oh absolutely. My father had a horrific life. Mm. Absolutely, my father, my father had a terrible life, and unfortunately, he couldn't wrapped that around his head. Now, mm. my father killed a chicken when he was eight years of age. His father tried to chop his head off with an axe. Jeez. And yeah. then tried to drown him in a bat because he wasn't allowed to chop his head off. And that's just... When I can wrap my head around an eight-year-old boy going through that in one incident, and then he kept him in for over a year and put him to bed at six o'clock, so the boy was gone. That mm. was it. Mm. The boy was gone. There was no room for emotions. Like my father, I'm not, you know, I spray cars. I could clearly say he was a psychopath. Mm-hmm. I can honestly, like, obviously I'm not qualified to diagnose yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. But I'd say my father was a psychopath. The one good thing about my father is he never apologized. I, I respect the fact that he never said sorry. I respect that because if he did, I'd be like, well, why did you keep doing it? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. He never apologized, even on his deathbeds. And I respect that. I respect the fact that, no, he did what he did and that was it. Look, stuck to his guns until the end. Stuck to his guns. He, he, <laughs> he died as he was. He, you know, we minded him, for, like in fairness, when he was dying. We, we minded him. We made sure he, he gave him a good send-off and all that. But, um, yeah, like, he had that life. I don't know if I would be... I don't know if I would be the same person if I experienced that. I didn't experience that level. Mm-hmm, yeah. He had, that was very, now, sorry, on top of that, between the axe incident, my grandfather broke 13, do you know them little tin lats of wood yep. mm. that you hold in the stairs with, sorry, mm-hmm. the carpet? He broke yeah. them across my father's back. Um, my father never took a bat. You could, I thought, like, you could see my father's back and it was all crisscrosses. And now, I didn't understand that as a child. He looked like something of a Japanese concentration wow. camp yeah. um, never took a bat and I used to say to him you never take a bat oh, I'm grand I'm grand he'd say. Mm. And it was only later on in life when I asked him he told me what happened to him as a child mm. and then I went alright okay look you know it comes from somewhere uh, I don't know yeah. if I'd recover from, I don't know if I'd recover from that yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like we spoke to um, we spoke to a guy there a few weeks ago, homeboy Sandman. He's a rapper over in America, mm-hmm. but he spoke very open and honestly about the abuse he used to get off his mother. And I asked mm-hmm. him straight out, you know, any resentment towards your mother? He's no, I I love my mother, you know, yeah, because yeah. I know that she's been through her troubles. Yeah, and she didn't yeah, know any yeah. better. She passed it on to me, and you know, we were we we touched on it a lot about you know generational trauma and that and what you pass mm. down to your kids and all this kind of stuff. So, um, you know, that's obviously, it's you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the way life goes. I mean, that's the way it goes. I mean, uh, I love my father to bits. We met our peace before he died. Long before he died, we met our peace. Yeah. Um, that's like, I think that's just the cards again. Life, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. the look of the draw. I was, I was a nightmare of a child because I was hypersensitive. Um, you know, seven kids in, I was the only one who wouldn't stand in line. I was the only one who wouldn't conform. Okay. 
you you have six children who do what you're told and they'll do what they're told for fear of what happens. And then the seventh child is like, no, I'm not mm. doing it. Mm. I was a nightmare as a child. Like when uh, I calculate, even as an adult, I, I calculate, I always calculate. When I was getting a beating as a child, I'd be calculating what I did. And if the beating went over, in my opinion, what I did, I'd be like, no, nah, that's too much now. You just have to go. That's the threshold. Out. Yeah, that's the threshold. <laughs> I'd go out and I would um, I'd pick up a rock, I'd break someone's window. I'd stand there, they'd come out, they'd look at me, and then I'd run away, knowing too well that they'd go to my parents and my parents would have to pay for the window. It was just my way of fuck you, like, you know? That was your um, way of getting back. Yeah, because I was too, I wasn't power. strong. I wasn't yeah. strong enough. Um, so I, I used other methods. Um, and you I could hurt them in his wallet. Yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. I, I was, like, even my mother said it to me, she says, <laughs> she said to me last week, if you were born first, you'd be an only child. I says, should I not? <laughs> to, which, to which I uh, I text the rest of them and I said, I told you I was all that mammy needed. She just said I'd be an only child. That's all she needed. Uh, mammy said, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> so, I'm going to take it as a, I'm going to take it that way, you know. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't conform. I, I never could conform. I still am mm. 43, and I, I, I find it hard to conform unless it's fair. Okay. You know, mm. if it's fair, I'll conform. I, I find it impossible to conform. Mm. You know, for some, I don't know why, my brain just won't let me. It's just, it will not allow it, you know. There are six siblings over me. My parents, uh, unfortunately, were abusive. There was a lot of abuse coming to me. I was a handy little target because... Yeah, I didn't yeah. conform. And it's oh, nice older siblings hit. pass some of it down as well, John? Uh, older siblings, yeah. Definitely, the old thing of uh, shit travels downhill. Well, yeah, I mean, look, and, and they were getting it as well. So mm. they were getting abused by the father. Like, he fucking murdered them. I remember my father giving one of my sisters an awful beating. And I was five years of age, and I looked at him as he was beating my sister. And I said, I'm going to kill you someday. And it never left my head. It mm. never left my head. Mm. And when I was eight, I was waiting to be strong enough to kill him. That's what I was waiting for. Like, yeah. I'm fucking so calculated as a person. And when I was 18, I put him in hospital for a week. Um, I just had enough of his shit. I, I, I was going to kill him. My brother, my brother asked me to stop, so I did. You know, um, but other than that, I would have killed him. I just would have. Um, and I can honestly say, at 43 years of age, I don't regret the beating I gave him. Mm. I don't, because he was unnaturally violent. He was unnaturally violent. As a human being, he abused my mother and my sisters unnaturally, which I found bizarre. You wouldn't go up to town and fight a man. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. You beat the shit out of women. Like. What, what was it like for you, Sean, when, when you became a parent then? I didn't want to be a parent. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to be a parent, if I'd been honest. Like, oh, fuck. Um, you see, in 2009, I had my own business. I had a, my own business doing cars and all that sort of stuff. In 2009, I slipped my wrist and I slid it to the bone. Um, I'd only built the house, the house we're in now. And uh, it was built to perfection because everything had to be perfect. Because if it wasn't perfect, mm. I was hearing my father's CD in my head about how I was a useless bastard. 
So I built it to perfection and I still wasn't happy. And it fucking crushed me. And I remember I stood outside my garage in 2009, in January 2009. And I had, you know, this was my second house to buy. Um, I had a fucking Jeep. Um, I had investments in the future. I had good business, you know, and I don't even have a junior, sir, because I was afraid to do it. I've no state exams. I've no qualifications because I was so afraid if I failed them, he was going to be right. So I have nothing to my name that can tell me that I'm anything. Mm. But in 2009, I just put my hands up, up to the business and outside and I said, now am I a useless bastard? And my father was dead about three years. Now am I a useless bastard? You know, I have two houses and I was rhyming off my list of bullshit as I call it. And um, that crushed me. I realized I was doing everything to prove a dead man wrong. And it just crushed me. And I never painted after that. And I love painting. Mm. That crushed me because I stopped painting. I perfected painting because I wanted one thing in, the, in my life that he couldn't take from me. So I perfected painting. I could spray with both hands and all this sort of thing. And then a month later, after I built the house, I was cleaning up on February the 5th, Valentine's night. 14th into the 15th and I was I was actually clean, cleaning up because it was drilled into me to clean up you can't leave anywhere mm. untidy mm. Mm. and as I was cleaning up and everyone was gone to bed a talk came into my head you're a useless bastard you should be gone look at you you think you're something you should be gone yeah I went over to the sink and, and, and slipped my wrist to the bone and I can say this honestly now the, the mentality of it I didn't want to dirty the fucking house so I held my wrist over the sink thinking that that would be okay as if my, my now wife came down mm. and went a fair play to him he didn't fucking dirty the sink the house anyway you know as it turns out that's not the way it went I got mm. disoriented and I fell all around the fucking kitchen and destroyed the place mm. um, I wasn't planning it for days where I knew it was coming yeah. it just happened now I was suicidal in a sense of I hated life but I, I, I wasn't planning on it you know that type of way mm. And when that hit me in a split second, it put the fear of God into me in a sense of going, that could happen to you any time and you've no control over it. That is very scary. And that's why I suppose I was so determined to become better because that's a scary thing to live with every day to think that a trigger so small and you're dead. Yeah. And that's it, like. And that's the, the unfortunate thing with BPD is that is it is it's such a fucking severe illness that uh, one little trigger and you're and that's it and you're gone like you know so that's why I advocate that's why that's why I talk about it and that's why I don't have a problem talking about it because it's that one little thing that happens to someone and they'll say that's not worth a fuck it and they'll kill themselves and they do regret it I mean. I regret, you know, I did regret what I did. I actually, the most thing I regret was I never realized the amount of fear I could install in, in people by what I did. And I seen the fear in everyone's eyes when they were looking at me going, you have our life in your hands in a sense of, if you do this, it's going to destroy us. And that crushed me to think mm. I had that power. It crushed me to think I was able to hurt others. And I became like my fucking father. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm about? In a weird way. Yeah. And I was hurting other people and I just I don't want that in life. Like I really don't want to be like that, you know? So that, that was the changing point in my life. That was a complete changing point in my life because I didn't expect to be here. Um and then I woke up in Galway Hospital. And that was the beginning of the end of my 
acting the bollocks to one for a better word, you know. When you made so, an attempt on your life, Sean, was was it a snap decision or was it something you've thought of before? No, I was 13 years here in my life and wishing I was dead. Yeah, I just, I, I couldn't find happiness. I felt so hollow inside. Nothing I ever did. You know, I would buy something and try and be happy from it and i get about five mm-hmm. minutes of happiness and then mm-hmm. it'd be gone. And I'd feel this emptiness again. And then I didn't know, I didn't understand myself, if I'm being honest. Um, I just didn't understand myself. I felt like, uh, I always say this, I felt like an alien trapped in human skin, not the little mm. green Martians. Mm. But it's just, it's so, it's so hurtful when you have the level of emotions that people with BPD have. And nobody gets it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you know, that way. And it's so hurtful that you're going, oh, I wish you could understand it. They just don't. Yeah. And now again, you can't. You can't. You can't comprehend something that you can't comprehend. Mm. And I just felt terrible inside constantly all the time that I would try and fill this hollow. So for 13 years, no, that was my fourth suicide attempt. Um, I used to try and I used to take medication. But the dosage was high, but it didn't do it. Thankfully, it didn't do it. But, so that's why I thought if I done it to the bone, and the yeah. mentality even of that, even the fact that I knew to go until I seen bone, I thought that would be it. Yeah. And so I, it, it was a mental way to go, Jesus, if you see bone, that'll be it. Yeah. Um, now, thankfully, it didn't. But no, it's a, it, it was an unnaturally dark way. But I was 13 years wishing I was dead. I was 13 years with, unfortunately, my father's words in my head. Mm. You internalized that. You're mm. a useless bastard. No matter what mm. you do in life, you're never going to be good enough. You're only a useless bastard. That's all I kept hearing in my head. Mm. So but that conflicted, joy. that conflicted then, uh, Sean, then, as I said, with the houses, with the business, with the Jeep. Mm. And triggering, you don't deserve this. You're fucking useless. You're this, you're that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. you can't have this because that, that cognitive dissonance, we can't believe two, two opposing beliefs. So on one hand, you've, as I said, has been drilled into you. You're useless. Mm. You're fucking shit. You're this, you're that. And then, well, all this stuff proves otherwise. Mm. All this stuff proves <laughs> you can be successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never thought of that, yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, that 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 feed that can feed into then of oh, I, well, I need to self sabotage. Yes, because I can't yes. have this. I can't. I can't. I don't deserve mm. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it it definitely was a scary time, and it, it wasn't a, a cry for help. So I think my therapist once yeah, you, you, you were going out. <laughs> no, <laughs> you, you I, 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 the sound of it, huh? I thought that would do it. Now I have a completely deformed hand for life from it. Um, Fantastic at Halloween. Sean is holding up his hand, which looks yeah, sorry. Like so my fingers are completely bored. Um, yeah. I can't straighten them. Um, so the dexterity is gone. Mm. I have the strength. I can lift stuff. Mm. Uh, couldn't tune in a radio. Okay. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, thankfully, we were living in a digital age. But, um, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't have been great in the fucking 1800s. <laughs> uh, you lift no, the card off a lad, but I can't tune in yeah. the wireless. <laughs> yeah, I can't tune it in. No, the dexterity is gone. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, fine no. motor skills with it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Some, you know, as I just say, some people will give their left hand for a clear mental health. I literally did. <laughs> you give it. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm. Wow. Sean, you were saying there a few minutes ago about how, you know, it's difficult to explain to anybody who doesn't know what um, BPD is. But in yeah. your words, how would you describe it to somebody who just doesn't have a clue what it is or never heard of it before? It's a bit like, um, right, so we, I feel my emotions to their extreme. Mm. And I can't do anything about that. Even... You know, now I'm well on, like, you know, mm. I'm well able to manage my emotions. But I can't regulate my emotions, right? So what I figured out with me is this. What I feel, I'm feeling to its extreme, whether I like it or not. You see, people with BPD, and I've said this to a couple of people with BPD, we're really, really happy. <laughs> <laughs> we can't help that either. Mm. And then when we're not really happy, we can't help that either. And that's mm. when it's a nightmare. Yeah. So when I get hurt, it would be the equivalent of your dog dying or a child dying. And there's no difference. It's not like, ah, I'm hurt. It's mm. fucking horrible. Because, you see, what I now understand is this. A neurotypical person can regulate their emotions. So there's a bit of a pull there that their brain is doing. Mm. whereas my brain no it goes to hurt and it goes all the way until it's finished okay. and then and then when it's finished I regulate but I'm feeling that all the way it's, and you're dragged mm. around the field so when I'm happy it's the same as when I got married you know okay. um, when I'm that hurt from a small thing it's just there, there's no oh complete there's no, no yeah you're, there's absolutely no in between with any emotional state <clears throat> None whatsoever. I'm either, even the lads in work, like to be like, Jesus, you're always fucking happy. Uh, I just say, I can't help it, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you're really, really happy, you're really, really happy. Um, mm. it's, it's, it, the best way I could explain it is this. I would have the similar emotions of a toddler. Mm. They're in their extremes. Yeah. They're not regulated. I love you one minute, then I hate you. Mm-hmm. then you're my best friend again then I don't like you you know it's it's yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's chaotic in its own way it, it, it's um, chaotic John in, in especially in romantic relationships where you know as you mentioned before that that fear of rejection that fear of abandonment that obviously is amplified in, in romantic relationships for me I have to be honest it's not so much now, uh, the fear of abandonment. I got over that, thankfully. But mm. The weirdest thing I did is when I was diagnosed with BPD, I actually went with number one, and I worked my way up until number, I have eight out of nine traits. Um, I fucking missed out on the delusions. I would have been happy to get that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, at least I wouldn't have known about it, you know. I'm going to have to check in with God later on with that one and go, you fucking could have given me one more. <laughs> I could have been going around the place like a fucking lunatic, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Just, just for people to understand what, what you mean by that for the, for the nine, so just so people know. So the nine symptoms of BPD is that fear of abandonment, unstable relationships, unclear or shifting self-image, yeah. impulsive or self-destructive behaviours, self-harm, extreme emotional swings, 
chronic feelings of emptiness, explosive anger, and feeling suspicious or out of touch with reality. And I had one to it. Yeah. I, I never felt suspicious or out of touch with reality. Mm. I would have enjoyed it. <laughs> you wouldn't have known about <laughs> the others then, would you? I wouldn't have known about the rest. <laughs> I worked on number one to eight until they were gone. So that's the way I worked it. Um, I, I looked How at did it you like, do that, Sean? What I did is, when, when I was diagnosed, I, went, I, I thought I had ADHD. So mm. I, I was convinced I had ADHD. I was never diagnosed. And when I went in, I said, I'm really doing well with this ADHD. And my therapist went, uh, you don't have ADHD. And I went, what do I have? And fair play to her now. She goes, ah, look, you're grand, you know. <laughs> We're just treating you. <laughs> and no, she was a fantastic therapist, in fairness to her. So she, she was reluctant to tell me. Anyway, she told me, I read it, went home, and I nearly fucking died looking at this going, oh, Lord, this is a nightmare. Mm. So I went in then the following week, and I went, right, we're going to start with number one, fear of abandonment. Can you teach me how not to be afraid of abandonment? And she goes, yeah, let's go. And that was it. Mm. I railroaded me therapy. I, she goes, will we talk? No, we're not talking about, we're talking about a fear of abandonment. And mm. I kept it going until I, Went on to number two and three and four and five, and I kept going. Mm. Um, Prior to therapy, thing, Sean, what did that fear of abandonment or that fear of rejection, what did that look like bef- before you, you managed to get the therapy? What was it there? or The fear of abandonment was basically when you would, you would suspect somebody was going to leave you, which mm. I find comical with people with BPD, is this. They're afraid you're going to leave them, and then they'll leave you. So they're afraid you're going to abandon them. So then they mm. drop you really quickly mm, mm. because the hurt is so much, at least then they're initiating it. Okay. Yeah, and I understand you, that. I leave you I, before you leave me. Mm. Absolutely. I'm pulling the trigger before you do. And mm. I get it. I get it. So I had that where I would run. It'd be like, oh, you, you're, <laughs> you're after moving your face a certain way and I'm not sure. <laughs> So it's the slightest little yeah, things we do. Looking for on. any indication. Absolutely. Like, you see, because as I said, the level of fear that's in us, uh, it's another emotion. The level yeah. of all our emotions are so ramped up. Um, we're constantly scanning our environment to see, are you doing anything that could potentially put us in danger? Mm. And that's all it is really, is that. So, I mean, I have to accept that people will leave you. And they'll fucking definitely leave you if you're acting that way. Yeah, it can be kind of become a, a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. You, you expect would, people to yeah. leave and then yeah, yeah. The anxiety that you act out of then and, you know, as you said, that emotional state makes it yes. likely that people will leave you because they can't, they can't deal with your emotional state like that. So Absolutely, that perpetuates yeah. the whole thing then. Yeah, you do, you do. You create your own, you do create your own universe in it and it all mm. works out. Um, but that's how I did. I, I, I basically asked my therapist to teach me how to cope, you know, mm. in all these aspects that I couldn't cope in. Um, I can honestly say today I'm coping, but I still feel the emotions. Okay. I just can regulate that bit quicker, you know. Mm. So there's no cure per se for BPD, no, but no, you, no, you just no. manage it, do you? You see, yeah, I have this argument. There's no cure. I, there can't be a cure because there's nothing there. It's a personality. 
You know yeah. the type of way. Yeah. I think we're just a different breed. As I always say to people, you know, I look like a horse, I'm black and white, and I eat like a horse, but I'm a zebra. <laughs> and I'm just a zebra in a field full of horses. So I kind of look the same, but just like a zebra, you can't really tame us. Mm. That's the problem. Yeah. There's no taming down someone with BPD because... Need to domesticate like, you for about 50,000 years, Sean. You need a couple. Yeah, I think I think I think we're I think we're a new breed. I think I think we were fucking supposed to be somewhere else. Um, <laughs> someone dropped us off at the wrong place. Mm. Now I find BPD fantastic in this sense, and I love this. Right? Is I chat to a good lot of people around the world, right? And I find this hilarious because I be chatting to someone, we'll say in um, a few Muslim countries, right? And for the first time in the generation, they're not able to control their wives. <laughs> and they're going, uh, they can't control them. And they're allowed, whatever they're allowed to do, mm-hmm. that's the law over there and mm-hmm. all that sort of jazz, but it does not work with us. You wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. You just can't. It's impossible to actually, uh, it's impossible to put someone with BPD over a barrel. Most people think we're doing it out of... Um, spite or bold or whatever way you want mm, but it's not mm. again it's all fair it's like if I do this I could be destroyed yeah you know is BPD something you talk to your friends openly about Sean oh, I'm completely open mm. read now I'm completely open and I've often thought about this I'm completely open because I manage it mm. Would okay. I be completely open if I was not able to manage it? There is a huge amount of stigma with DPD. Yeah. You know, um, and rightly so. I'm not saying that our badness. We, you know, we, as a people, I suppose, we're known to do things that aren't exactly social, and you have to call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. Again, we're, uh, it's very hard when you're not able to regulate your emotions and you're mm-hmm. that hurt, and you just mm-hmm. want someone... You go, here, I feel this hurt. Feel this. You know, and mm. you do something very drastic. Mm-hmm. And really what you're trying to say is, and that's how hurt I am. Right. And that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you're trying to say. But yeah. every, to everyone else, it's, you've done something fucking outrageous. Mm. Um, deep down, if they were trying to say something, it's like, look, I'm, I'm trying to give you back the same amount of hurt because this is how I feel. Yeah. You know. So... Um, am I open about it? <clears throat> I'm completely open about it because I think you should be, mm. you know, the, the whole stigma. I think the stigma comes from you. I, I've never felt stigma from someone else because I'm not ashamed about something that I didn't. I didn't feel I don't remember filling out an application form. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's not something I bought. It's not something yeah. I wish I had. Mm-hmm. You know, would I, I remember a person asking me once, would I, do you think would you have BPD if you didn't have the childhood you did? Mm. And without question, yes. Yeah. Because we're so sensitive. It okay. only takes one form of trauma. Yeah. King Kong dying fucking wrecked my head for years and it was a film. Um, so there's your form of trauma mm. <laughs> it doesn't take much when your emotions are through the roof yeah yeah um, so I think I think I would have always I think I would have always had BPD but I'm not ashamed of it because I didn't ask for it mm. yeah you know yeah. yeah it's not what's wrong with it it's what's happened to you 
Well, look, yeah, I suppose. You still can't go around burning people, though. No. <laughs> no. I've never burnt anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to put that out there. What are you, what are you winking for, Sean? What, what? <laughs> <laughs> Just putting away these gallons of petrol. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 you have to look. You have to take responsibility as well. I'm responsible for my own actions, mm. uh, regardless of how I feel. You know, that's something that I do believe is, is vital. Like, you know, yeah. yeah, I get hurt easily. And yeah, I might have to retreat to the bedroom or go for a walk or whatever the case may be until my emotions regulate. But I'm still responsible, mm. you know, especially with kids. Jesus, that's why I didn't want to have children. Like, I didn't mm. want to have kids because I couldn't manage my own head. And mm. I didn't want to bring more in. And they push buttons. Uh, <laughs> do you know what kids remind me of? The fear that I have until I remove it that's what kids remind me of every fear I've ever had they are a representation of it until they overcome it's embodied in them yeah they, and you can't give them back um, you mm. can't like go sorry <laughs> yeah. I get a return yeah, don't um, many have tried <laughs> yeah, no. I no, didn't order this like. one in <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't uh, no so like I didn't want no I didn't want kids and in fairness to my wife she turned around and I, you know, we talked about children and I said like, no way, not hope, not happen. Uh, I don't even fucking know if I'm going to be here in four years time. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that type of, mm-hmm. uh, let's call a spade a spade. And she goes, well, so why don't you try and get better? Like, do you know the way you're real stubborn and you don't <laughs> like let anybody tell you what to do? And I said, yeah, but I don't think there's a cure for this. But she says, sure, never stopped you before. Why don't you just keep at it until you get better? So in fairness, she put the toe on my head and that's where mm. I got the idea to actually keep at it. Mm. Um, so yeah, like, in fair, like on the 6th of April 2013, I was signed off therapy and on the 14th of April, my wife fell pregnant. So that was a great turning point. Then mm. um, we had a girl and that was great. And then my wife wanted more kids and I was like, not happening because I had a business and, and I knew my limits at that stage. Mm. So she said, would, you know, would you not sell the business then? And just, we'll have more kids, you know? So, so I sold the business and then, and then we had more <laughs> kids. But I rang her, she, I, she, I rang her one day. She sent me a text and said, oh, I think there's a job going where I'm working now. And I said, grand. And then I, I, two hours later, I went, yeah, so the business is sold and I'm starting in two weeks. And she said, well, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, well, like I'm starting in two weeks. Sure, didn't we talk about this before? You, you know, if you want more mm. kids, I, I can't mm. do both. Um, mm. So I had sold my business. I got everyone jobs. And I got myself a job within two hours. Yeah. So wow. that was it. Um, <laughs> and then, like, when I went back to work, it was like, does it bother you being back to work? No, why? Like, no. I have no interest in stuff like that, you see. I have no mm. interest. It doesn't, it doesn't, um, I don't, I don't know what the word is. I don't care. I, it doesn't matter to me. Mm. Not yeah, yeah, business, not having a business didn't matter to me. Mm. I yeah. I didn't feel anything with the business, so it didn't matter. You decided to, you decided to break the generational curse, Sean. What, your father oh, passed yeah, on, it was yeah, passed yeah. on to him. Yeah, yeah. It ends with you. It, it does end with me. I'm determined for it to end with me, if I'm being mm. honest, because, mm. Like, I have three kids there, and, and they're great, you know. To do your fucking head in. If, you, if a parent <laughs> isn't saying yeah. to do your head in, yeah. you fucking don't have children. 
You're not doing it right. You're not doing it right. No, I mean, yeah, look, uh, I'm determined. Like someone said to me, what's it like being a parent? I don't even try. I don't, I don't try to be a parent. Mm. Um, because I think if you try to be a parent, you're going to fucking fail. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just living my life. Like, yeah. as I said to my kids, look, I'm going to make mistakes and I, I apologize for them. Um, mm. Thankfully, I don't make too many mistakes. And when I make a mistake, I sit them down and go, look, I'm very sorry. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I think that's all you need to do. I yeah, don't think yeah, there's much yeah. more to it than I don't want to be a perfect parent. I don't want to be a fantastic parent. If I'm a fantastic parent, some poor fucker coming along <laughs> that's going to marry my daughter, what's he going to be? Like, my daughter's like, oh, just, my dad was a bit better than this. And he's like scratching his head going, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> we we spoke about it before, Sean. You know, the Kodak dad who's the kids on the shoulders and they're walking through the woods. Yeah, and they're all yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you didn't see two minutes before that where one of them walked in dog shit and the other one screaming <laughs> because... <laughs> They wanted a snack and you gave them a snack and it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, but yeah. the, the reality it is you, you, here is that you, you, don't have, you don't have to be the best dad in the world. Just be the best dad in all. their world. No, that's, that's, you have it, to do. that's it. And you, yeah, you yeah. do your children a disservice if you were to be the quotation marks, perfect parent, because oh, yeah. you're not setting them up for disappointment. You're not setting them up for dealing with discomfort that they're going to mm. face in the real world. As you said, oh, well, hang on, my fucking daddy did all of this. Uh, that's what's going on here now. You know, you, yeah, you yeah, learn yeah. to live with disappointment and not getting your own way all the time and sitting with that discomfort. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, I'll be honest with you, I've never once thought about my parents while I was parenting. It's never come into my head. I've never mm. once thought about my parents while parenting because mm. um, I find that weird I find that like why would you bring your parents into it going I won't do this <laughs> like I don't even think about that It's mm. I just go mm. I'm going to try my best today you're going to fucking wreck my head I'm going to go back I'm going to calculate how you wrecked my head and that tomorrow I'm going to hopefully not be wrecked in my head again <laughs> and then I and then I do that and it works and then they bring something brand new to the table the following day and going, this is going to be a lifetime. This mm. is going to be a lifetime where they're going mm. to be bringing new stuff to the yeah. table all yeah, the time. Yeah. And over the years, you just calm it down. You you figure out your strengths. Like, I'm good in the mornings, so I do the mornings. My wife is better in the evenings, so she does the evenings. Mm. Um, figure, I figured out my strengths. I figured, I figured out my weaknesses, more importantly. Mm-hmm. And I really well, keep it in the... Sorry? What would you see as your weaknesses? My weaknesses would be tiredness. Uh, I'm a fucking lunatic if I get tired. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm <laughs> like, like the to toddler attack. again, isn't it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, earlier, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I scratch up my head. Like, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm... I don't get tired. It's just that simple. I do not get tired. It's it's such a responsibility because I would attack you. And it's just that simple. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, there's no point in saying it any other way. When I'm tired, I, it, takes, it takes a lot of energy to maintain the head. It takes a lot of energy to kind mm-hmm. of regulate something that can't be regulated properly and make sure you keep within your parameters um, 
And if you're tired, you can't do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you cannot do that when you're tired. I can't. Like, I've tried everything. Um, I used to be able to get hungry. If I got hungry, I'd be very, very angry. I can. I, I mastered that now. Um, I can go two or three days without food. Um, tiredness, I could never master. I could never master it. I've tried it, mm-hmm. and I've pushed the boundaries, but I couldn't do it. Um, is, I go is to it bed. Ju- is it just on like that that you don't feel tired? Is it? I've always energy until you're kind pushed. of in it. No, 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 no. Or? No, I dip like I dip. I would, I would dip. Years ago, what I used to do was I'd work and work and work, and then I'd, 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 um, I'd work so hard that I couldn't see it and I'd hit the 100% and then I'd have a fucking meltdown. Yeah, but then, then, then you crash. And uh-huh. then i crash and then mm. everybody's getting it. Mm. Um, and it wouldn't matter who it was. So like, it's not like I was able to reserve myself. Do you know the way some people would be all nice here but they'd be a lunatic there? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't matter. It would not matter who was there. They were going to get the full blown of me. And um, I had to tone it back. Everything with me is numbers. Um, I had to tone my energy levels back to 70%. So when I get to 70% now, I stop. Mm. No matter what's happening, if I say, now it's rare it happens. I've fucking so much energy. But if I get to 70%, I can go, I'm going to bed or I need to go away for an hour. And my wife knows, and that's it. I go up, lie down, recharge the batteries, and back down, then I'm grand. Mm. Um, but I don't allow myself to go over 70% anymore because I need that 30% to get away <laughs> <laughs> I, need to, I need it to retreat before fucking the Hulk comes out um, but you can so recognise that now though Sean you know you can identify oh, you know, okay I need to rein oh, this yeah. in at this stage <clears throat> yeah absolutely mm. like I'm very much self aware now and I spent years I'm still look I, I spray cars. I listen to books all day. I mean, I'm blessed in a sense. I get to research and, and learn stuff about the mind and the brain. And, mm. you know, I, I'm big into the gush. I figured out the gush. I, I, I actually, I figured out if the brain isn't working, I might as well use the other brain, you know. Yeah, um, second brain, yeah. So yeah, mm. yeah. So I, I, I kind of went That's with the, the gush theory. for anyone thinking about men mm. with a second brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, You're yeah, thinking yeah. with the wrong head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> that's true. No, no, I, I, look, do I still get annoyed or upset? I do. I, you're talking to someone who had meltdowns once a week. And now I'd have a meltdown maybe. Well, I don't have meltdowns now, actually. Sorry. Um, I haven't had a meltdown in, in years. I'd still get annoyed, but I think everybody does. Everybody yeah, get yeah. annoyed, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think I get annoyed. and My emotions obviously would flare up that bit more than someone else, but at the same token, it's rare in its own way. Like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, um, Jesus, I wouldn't be fucking causing too much bother. You know the type of way? Mm-hmm. You know but like that, as you said, look, I'll give you an example. In work, um, they know the crack, you know, so that's good. Mm. They don't tiptoe around me. Mm. There's only one thing you can't do with me, and that's uh, raise your tone. Mm. I'm extremely sensitive to sound. Um, like when I got BPD, I went up to Autism Ireland, 
because I didn't want BPD. <laughs> so I, was, I was like, going, can I, can I, I have something else? I traded BPD for uh, ADD. Like what, what can you I give wanna, me there? Can I trade this in? Can I trade this one in? Um, yeah, I'll give you a borderline with, with 200 yeah. euros. <laughs> if you give me an ADD there. Yeah, I was trying to be anything but BPD. But I, went up, I, I went up to autism Ireland and uh, I scored 29 out of 31, but I'm not autistic. Because uh, I can look you in the eye and I can sense <laughs> humor, and I find a fucking comical how you can be 29, but them two, yeah. you're not. Yeah, yeah. Very <laughs> so, how would them 29? I'm very, lo- I'm very, uh, how would you call it? Very logical and thankfully, mm-hmm. I'm very logical. In that autistic so traits, maybe, Sean, perhaps rather autistic than autistic traits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, so, I'm able to say and verbalize that to people, but I think, I think. That's where the hypersensitivity comes with sound. Mm, is mm. I think that because I can't handle loud tones. Mm. You know, they, yeah, they, saying, to be honest, John. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> loud tone to me is it's like slugs crawling or not crawling, but it's like mm. it's like just all over my body. It, mm. it sends me into. I, a I describe it like a fucking ice pick into my brain. That's what it feels. Yeah, like. yeah. Mm. There you go. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. Mm. And, so I can't, I can't. No, that's the only thing. I say to Mark, look, you can, you can say what you want, do what you want, tell me you have to work 24 hours. It doesn't matter. Just don't shout because it will trigger me. Mm-hmm. And in fairness, that's, I don't, you're not allowed to shout anyway. You're <laughs> so true. Yeah. I'm, not allowed, I'm, not going to, I'm not saying to them, listen, you have to do something that's, you're not allowed to shout. Mm. So uh, I, I think I'm within the parameters of uh, social there with that one. You know? mm. Sean, how will you talk to your kids about BPD? Or have you thought about how you, you'll chat to them about it or explain what it's about? You know, yeah, see, that's the thing. That's like, uh, I, you know, I was telling you, I was doing the podcast. This is a little sneaky kind of thing. Uh, I'm not trying to promote mine. I'm not going to even tell you. No, you, you are. You're going to promote if you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, 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 like, I, I just not, it's, it's not even about that. Um, mm. The sneakiness of the podcast is that. <laughs> you see? Okay. Um, that's Listen it. To Daddy's how podcast. I, yeah. How am I going to explain um, how I, that's exactly what it is. My mm. podcast is my explanation. Mm. That's what it is. So it's there for life. I always thought about that going, how, how am I going to explain it to my kids? And, and I do. I do it through the podcast. It's a very sneaky way of doing it. It's one of the reasons I do it. The other one is, look, I cope fairly well. And mm. when I was lying in hospital in 2009, I was fucking God out of it. Like, you bastard, you won't even take me. I'm not even good enough to go up to you. And um, I made a decision that day to get better. And I always said, if I ever get better and I figure it out, I'm going to help others. So that's it. That's 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 it. It's simple as that, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why I do the podcast. But one of the reasons is it's an explanation to the children. Yeah. Well, what is your podcast, Sean? Tell everyone about it. Oh, you, me, and BPD. 
That's <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it's it's a podcast. Um, it's as simple as that. It's a podcast. I was asked even someone says to me, "Why don't you put music on your podcast?" And I said, "If I walked up to you and I was chatting to you, and I, I'm just before we spoke, and I went, hold on there a sec, and I just played music, <laughs> you'd think I was a weirdo." <laughs> so, <laughs> so my podcast is basically just me talking, and then I say goodbye. Yeah, that's it. Um, I, I I can't wrap my head around anything else. Um, Probably an autistic trait. I don't know, but I just can't. Um, but I like to chat about BPD. I like to chat about stuff that, we'll say, has helped me with in my life. And I'm honest um, where I fuck up, and I'll tell that too, because I think I don't want to be coming across as somebody who's completely like, uh, hey, I live a great life. Mm. You know, uh, today I was very emotional, you know. Um, extremely emotional today and that's the way it goes sometimes you know didn't have a bad day or a great day but I was extremely emotional and I want to explain that to people I think if you can help someone with BPD especially because nobody understands us you know there's very few that gets us like it's and there's a huge stigma where even therapists in America won't deal with someone with BPD Mm. it's such a stigmatized uh, mental illness for the reasons is, as I said earlier on, you can't medicate us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't control us, you know. Um, we're happy one minute and sad the next minute. So mm. it's very hard to deal with an adult toddler mm. that has the potential to lose their heads because you might have said something that triggers them. Yeah, the difficulty, the, the difficulty in, in therapy with EPD is it's that difficulty in forming that therapeutic relationship. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the distrust. For someone that has difficulty establishing relationship and trust. Absolutely. And everything that, that therapy is built upon. Yeah. And I mean, trust is gone in, within a second. Mm. A simple gesture and, and the trust is gone. It's, it's mm. shocking now. Mm. In fairness, mm. I would regulate myself. I, do you know what I did? I never thought about this. Um, my emotions were so all over the place and I didn't understand myself as a person. I couldn't figure out Sean Keys. I didn't even know who I was. So I got my wife, my brother, my sister and my best friend and I called them the four pillars <laughs> because they're honest, they're admirable, they're decent human beings and they're, you know, they're morally good people, Right. So I used them as my four pillars because I didn't know if I should be happy about something or should I be sad or should mm. I be laughing. I didn't have a clue. And I used to go to them and say, how would you feel about this? And I'd give them a story. And if three of them said, I'd feel happy, sad or whatever, I'd jot that down and go, so that's how you should feel. Mm. <laughs> right? mm. And it took me years to kind of build a portfolio of how you should feel about things. Because I hadn't a clue. Yeah. Um, so the, oh, that's, it's easy for me to laugh at that now. But can you imagine when you haven't a clue if something should make you happy yourself? Mm. That's a scary thing. And that's what most people with BPD have. That's why they, they, that's why they are unstable. They need you, which is shocking. And I know this is shocking because I'm saying it. They need you, the partner, to be a lighthouse while they crash upon you. And they just need you to stay there. You know the type where they just need you to go, please don't move. And most of them do. Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> they're not able. Mm. They're just not able. To be with someone who has BPD is not an easy thing. Like It's just not. 
Great, uh, great description there, Sean. You know, it should it should be stated. As you said, you you have it fairly well managed. Not, not oh every, yeah, not oh I do, yeah, and... yeah, yeah, I do. No, look, I have an. I'm I'm uh, six years this June actually back in work in in my old job, and not one sick day, like not one day from mm. mental health. Mm. Um, you know, I can work full time. I we have twins, so the minute you oh, mention Jesus. twins, everyone goes, "Oh, Jay's there you go." Yeah. Um, so I mean, when you're able to manage twins, that's a good sign. Mm. Um, I'm able to manage the twins. I'm able to do things that people that social wants you to. You know, the world wants mm. you to be, mm. which is a course mm. to do. Um, I'm able to work. I'm able to socialize. I can go out to the pub. I don't drink anymore. I stopped drinking literally on the day I done my wristing. Um, because you couldn't, you can't expect to control emotions while adding yeah. something in that distorts them. It, I, you know, the one thing I can say is I'm happy. I could never say I was happy. Genuinely, in my core, happy. Like even mm. as I said, I had a rough day today, but in my core, I'm happy, and that's fundamental to say that to be able to say you're actually happy in life. Mm. That was my goal. Lovely thing know. to be able to say, Sean. Absolutely, because I don't know how many people can actually say that genuinely yeah, yeah. who don't even have mental health issues. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and to be able to genuinely say you're happy, that's all I wanted out of life, is to be happy, just to be, could I could I teach myself how to be happy? <laughs> and I, I honestly am, I'm happy, like, um, genuinely am. I'd love to say I found Jesus, I didn't. Um, I didn't find him, but I found, I definitely found happiness in my core, you know, that type of Mm. Most people do find Jesus and they're fucking delighted about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not anti-religion. Mm. Um, he must have ran. He must have ran when he heard it was <laughs> seen you coming. <laughs> oh, I'm not going near him. He's wrecked me head. <laughs> Lucky enough to be faster than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck off, Sean. <laughs> Honest to God. Dad, dad. Try Allah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He must have done that. No, Sinead, Sinead O'Connor took that one. Um, <laughs> no, I'm all religion out, unfortunately. Yeah. The suicidal thoughts are gone, which is fucking unreal. That's to be able to say, like to wake up when you're suicidal is a nightmare because I explained it to someone once. It's like walking around with a bomb vest, but you're not pulling the trigger. There's another fucker there going, the minute you get weak, I'm going to kill you. And that's people think suicide is the person killing themselves, right? Which what I'm going to say sounds weird. You're driven to it in a Mm. sense of you're gone. By the time you're actually doing it, Sean Keyes was gone. There was nothing left. Like for anyone that has survived suicide, the actual, as I said to you, holding your hand over a fucking sink so you won't, like you're gone. There's yeah. no, there's, there's, that's mental. As so, I said though, Sean, you, you, you broke the curse and you've oh, completely, I mean, to, come yeah. on, to come on here and, and tell such a inspiring story and to give hope mm, to, mm. to anyone that may have it. Uh, borderline personality disorder BPD as we've been talking yeah, about yeah. just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for sharing your uh, incredible story ah, no, no and for inspiring such hope for, for, for people the podcast again is you me and BPD it is yeah thanks very much yeah, yeah it great. is yeah. Yeah, yeah. so make sure everyone to, to check out that and if, if this is a fraction of what, what can be expected on, on, on your episodes Sean people are in for an absolute an absolute treasure oh thanks very much
let's leave it there and uh, we hope you like what you heard if you do give us a rating subscribe leave a comment or you think someone you know would benefit from this podcast and just share it with them on your social media pages tell them about it it could make a big difference in their lives and of course as well as that we'd love to hear from you if there's anything you want us to cover discuss if you've got a story to tell we'd love to hear from you check out the website stmhpodcast.com and get in touch with us there on all our social media platforms and all that kind of stuff as well uh, you can follow the, the hashtag as well hashtag STMH if you want and a big shout out to Fiona Bryan as well for the podcast music great producer great beat maker you can get him on Facebook at FOB Beats generally on any episode Peter throws me on the bus to to give some words of inspiration or alternative yeah, yeah. outlook on life or anything like that the best thing when we have a guest on I don't have to do that give us give us something you've learned over the over the years Sean some words of wisdom that you'd you'd like to share as a as a, as a closing note to everyone Definitely for me, if I'm being honest, I learned that if you can manage food and sleep. Mm. So what I done was, and I'm not vegetarian, but what I noticed with myself was, and believe it or not, this is a podcast coming up in a few weeks because I I got a nutritionist to look into all this. Um, The more different plants, vegetables, nuts, seeds and fruit you can eat, Mm. they will produce, your gut bacteria will produce serotonin. Mm. which naturally makes you happy. Yeah. And then that serotonin will convert to melatonin, which will help you sleep. Mm. So I figured out that if you can eat a very high amount of plants, and again, I'm not a vegetarian, you're happy most of the time. You are what you eat. You are what you eat. So when I figured that out, and as I said earlier on with my gut, I mind my gut like a little baby. And in return, I'm not a fucking lunatic. (laughs) (laughs) You're definitely not, though. You definitely are kind of lunatic if you are anyway, Sean. (laughs) Mental health. Mental health. Mental health. The mind is a devil.